I read in the paper, I heard on the news. All damn world got these mean old blues in this life. In this life, you gotta think for yourself. You're listening to Cortez Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. And this is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. The opinions you're about to hear belong to the people expressing them and are not necessarily shared with the Cortez Radio Society, its board, staff, membership, or volunteers. Recent events have shown that the regional district system does not always work well in a remote island like Cortez. Some say it's time for Cortexit. Our regional director says we should work within the existing system. It would be very expensive for a community this small to go it alone. She's currently thinking, how would a community council system work on Cortez Island? A minority of very active voices has been very effective at undermining my credibility at the regional district. And yet, if what I brought to the district was backed by this community council, it would be harder to marginalize. In this morning's program, we go to Cambridge, Vermont, to explore how an even more democratic system of government would work here. For more than two centuries, the local authorities have been carrying out the decisions made at an annual town meeting that everyone in Cambridge can attend. Hello, this is the Cambridge Town Office. Can I help you? Good morning. Is this George? Yes, this is George. Is this Roy? Yep. Yeah, this is Roy. Hi, Roy. It's Marguerite. Hello, Marguerite. So we have you on speakerphone in the Cambridge Town Office. I'm happy to pleased to talk with you. Are you recording it by cell phone? Yes, I have a, uh, the voice memo on my iPhone going. Good stuff. Could I ask you to say who you are and what your position is in Cambridge, just for my audience? Sure. Uh, my name is Marguerite Ladd, and I am the town administrator of the town of Cambridge since July 2018. And I'm George Putnam. I am on the select board in the town of Cambridge. That is a five-person select board. It might be called the town council in other towns. I have been on the select board since March of 2017. I have been chair of the select board since uh, March of 2019. Can I ask you about the system of government you have in Cambridge and your town hall meetings? And to what degree do the town hall meetings determine how your community government is going to function for the next year? Okay. Every town in Vermont has an annual town meeting. It's kind of a New England tradition. It exists uh, in other New England states to varying degrees. It's a particularly strong tradition in Vermont. It's actually a state holiday, the first Tuesday in March of every year. And it has been that way since colonial times. So on that day, all registered voters in the town are invited to attend a meeting. Prior to the meeting, a town report has been published and uh, they all have access to that report as to what's going on. The agenda for the meeting is called a warning, and it has items on the agenda are called articles. Those articles will be in three categories, election of officers, approval of budgets, and public questions, which is basically everything that's not in the first two categories. I'll talk about each of those categories a, a little bit in a moment. But first I want to talk about methods of voting at town meeting. The default method is a, a floor vote. The, the town meeting is run by a moderator. And that's actually the first item of business is to elect the, the moderator for that meeting. And typically it's a person who has done that job for many years. And 
is experienced with Robert's Rules of Order, as with some modifications made by Vermont state government, knows how the meeting should be run, and typically does not hold any other position in town government. That's their one job is to be the partial moderator. So the default method of voting is a floor vote, in other words, a voice vote, or it could be a division of the house, which could be accomplished by a standing vote or a show of hands, or the number of voters, the default number is seven, call for a paper ballot vote, then uh, people will, will vote by paper ballot. But this is not a pre-printed paper ballot because you couldn't print it ahead of time because you don't know what the question's gonna be until somebody from the floor asks for a, a paper ballot vote. So blank pieces of paper handed out, Whatever the answer to the question is, people write down on the paper how they're voting. They're, the meeting stops right there. Uh, the ballots are counted and the results are announced before the meeting goes on. So it does slow the meeting down a bit, but it's quite doable. So the, the point to make is that when we're in town meeting, that is direct democracy. The, the townspeople who choose to attend are in control of the items on the agenda. The rest of the year, we have representative democracy where the people that they elect at town meeting run the affairs of the town in conformance with whatever decisions were made at town meeting, state law, federal law, and so on. So to talk about the three categories of, of warnings, and I should, I should make the comment that nothing can be decided at town meeting unless it's on the warning. People have to have notice as to what decisions are going to be made so that they can decide whether or not they want to attend. So advisory resolutions can be passed under other business without being specifically listed in the warning but no binding resolution can be passed unless it's on the warning the select board that i'm on prepares the warning but there's a mechanism for townspeople to require items to be on the warning by submitting a petition signed by five percent of the of the voters in town so there is those two mechanisms for getting items on the warning now to speak to the three types of articles in the warning, officers, budgets, and public questions. Officers elected at town meeting, there's quite a, a variety of them. The first one, as I mentioned, is a moderator. Every town has a town clerk and a town treasurer, which may be the same person, often is, and, and that is the case in our town. The town clerk is responsible for recording documents in the, uh, the public records. The biggest amount of those would be property transactions, purchase and sales of properties, deeds, and so on. But also uh, birth records, death records, marriage records, uh, anything that's recorded in the town. The town treasurer is responsible for managing the town's checkbook and the town's finances with the select board, and I'll get to the budget in a minute. The select board, as, uh, as a town council might be called in other towns, is responsible for the general affairs of the town, basically anything that's not specifically assigned to someone else to do, it would come before the select board. And then there's a number of other individuals that are, that are either hired or appointed. Marguerite Ladd, as town administrator, for example, is a, an employee that is hired by the select board. We have a small number of people in the office. We have a small number of people in the highway department that are responsible for our roads. Some towns might have police departments we hire someone else to do that function for us. And then there's a number of appointed positions, such as a town health officer and various boards, commissions, and committees. There's really quite a few people, a lot of volunteers, and uh, a lot of people other than the full-time employees. If they're paid anything, it's a very nominal amount. The annual pay for a select board member in Cambridge is, is $2,500. The second item is uh, money items or the budget. The select board recommends a budget to the town, and then the town votes on it. 
Now, when uh, an article is uh, voted from the floor, as it is in Cambridge, amendments to that budget may be made from the floor, and people can argue for budget individual line items in the budget to go up or down or be zeroed out, and uh, that occasionally happens. I did miss something in uh, methods of voting. In Cambridge, everything is voted from the floor, and that's the default method, but a town can vote to change its method of voting for some or all of the categories of articles in the warning to what we in Vermont call the Australian ballot method. I don't think anybody outside of Vermont uses that phrase Australian ballot anymore. The phrase originated because the secret ballot got its start in Australia in the 1850s, I believe, and it's now the standard method of voting almost everywhere in the world, and in fact, we use it in Vermont for state and national elections. That's your usual pre-printed ballot. You have some choices printed on the ballot. Everybody gets the same ballot. You mark off your choices. You put them in a ballot box or in a machine, and they're counted, uh, and the results are an announced that evening or, or as soon as they can be counted. So towns can vote to change to that method of voting for some or all of these articles in the warning, and they can also vote to change back to a floor vote if they want to. Attendance and participation at town meeting decreases the more you use Australian ballot voting. There's no reason to come to town meeting if there's no discussion and no opportunity to change the decision based on that discussion. And the ability to make amendments from the floor and change things that the select board has proposed uh, is a powerful method of, of running local government. So I'll just say a few words about the budget. The biggest single item that our town is responsible for is maintenance of the road, and that's pretty close to half our budget. And the primary source of revenue is property taxes. So the select board will set the tax rate on assessed values uh, for property based upon the budget that's approved by the voters at town meeting. Public questions is uh, everything else that's not election of an officer or a, a money item. And it might include something like buying or selling a piece of town property or uh, just something uh, in encouraging state or federal government to either do or not do some particular action. Uh, we're going to have a, a public question on our town meeting in March that's coming up for the town to accept a uh, donation of land for a uh, town forest. It'll be mostly donation. There will be a little bit of town money required, and that will require a vote to uh, include that in the money that we raise from taxes. I want to make a comment about town meeting versus town hall meeting. They're different in our part of the world. A town meeting is what I've described, and a town hall meeting is the kind of thing where a politician stands up in front of a crowd of people, in, perhaps in a town hall, and uh, makes a speech and then answers questions. There, in that kind of a meeting, there are no decisions to be made. So it's a very different kind of meeting, and uh, <clears throat> the kind of town meeting that we have here in New England, and particularly in Vermont, are the kinds of meeting where the citizens have power and they make decisions. So let me stop there. Let me just ask Marguerite if you anything you want to <coughs> add or qualify on that. No, very thorough. So I've got some questions. First of all, uh, in Cambridge, you have a population of about four thousand, I believe. What percentage of the population turns out to these town meetings? So a typical town meeting will have about 250 people attend. I'll leave it at that. It's not huge, but, you know, 250 people in a room is a pretty good-sized crowd, and you can get some pretty good discussions. Now, on Cortez, we have a very different system of government. We have one regional director, which we elect, who then sits on a regional board. 
She's given a certain amount to give to different organizations in the community for funding. She looks after uh, things like parks. We don't do roads, but there are other areas that we look into. We also have a situation where we had a section of the community that was very opposed to the idea of taking funding for our community halls out of taxes. And it was actually a, a big, long strife for a decade. Now, I'm wondering, under your system, which is more democratic, do you still have those kind of divisions within the community? Oh, yes, we certainly have divisions. <laughs> they can vary from day to day, and depending on who wants to make an issue of it. Uh, one of your questions was uh, looking at the videos of our last two town meetings, and we just started doing videos of our town meetings two years ago, so those are the only videos that exist. You commented that most of the people in the audience seem to be on the older side, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, that is one of the issues, a generational thing. The year before we started doing video of town meeting, there was considerable discussion on the floor about the lack of opportunity for young people to participate. I mentioned that town meeting is state holiday, it's first Tuesday in March, but towns have a little discretion about when they meet. They can meet on the first Tuesday in March, they can choose their time of day, uh, during the day or in the evening. They can actually meet on any of the three days before the first Tuesday of March if they want to, either in the day or in the evening. So some of the floor discussion at that particular meeting was, hey, uh, in Cambridge, we've always met during the day on the traditional Tuesday. Why can't we meet on the weekend before, which is allowed? Or why can't we meet in the evening? Young people have to work during the day. They cannot attend. Uh, why can't we get this changed? So as a result of those comments and others, the select board created a community engagement team which looked into those specific issues and other ways for more people to be involved. And it turned out that there had been some research done by a professor at the University of Vermont on towns that had changed their day or time of day for town meeting. And attendance in some towns didn't change at all. Some towns went down. Some towns went up briefly for a year or two and then went down again and usually ended up lower than they were before. So as a result of reviewing that research, we didn't make any changes to the day. We still continue to meet on the traditional Tuesday. We changed the start time by one hour. Instead of starting at 10 o'clock, we now start at 9 o'clock in the morning. It is a challenge to get younger people involved. Pe people are busy, and I'm, I myself an example. I did not have time for this job until I retired. I want to flip back a bit. What have been some of the contentious issues in the past? Well, flooding is an issue in our town. We have a river that runs through our town and two significant tributaries that uh, run into that river in the town, actually in the two villages. And that flooding causes issues. It causes roads to be closed. Sometimes it causes access to certain roads in town to be cut off. And uh, we've done significant work to improve our road situation, our, our drainage, our bridges, our culverts, raising certain roads, uh, raising a, a certain property so it doesn't flood so often. We're in the process of, with federal money, buying a property that will be torn down because there's just no fix for that property and uh, probably shouldn't have been built there in the first place. It's been there for 75 years and it's, it's in pretty tough shape. So flooding is, is an issue.
Let's say, yeah, I mean, I think that is the cool part about the town meeting is it could be pretty much anything. If you look at the different towns, there's always various topics that are on there that are very unpredictable. There's sometimes a topic, for example, our budget. I know Cambridge's budget has passed pretty well. You know, there's been some discussion, but then you hear of other towns where it can take hours because the budget is really discussed at length and is very contentious and people have very strong feelings one way or the other about certain items in it. Last year, we had a topic about a road and to George's point, it was really flooding was the larger issue of it. But um, we had meetings beforehand as well, and that one came up at town meeting. Actually went a lot smoother, I would say, than maybe we thought it would, but it's hard to predict. This year, I think George also mentioned there will be the topic of whether or not for conservation for this town forest, whether or not the town will take that on or give money for it, that kind of thing. So I think that could also potentially bring up some discussion show the light of democracy in the different points of view that people have onto whether or not the town should do that or not, that kind of thing. I can mention uh, one issue that's come up that Marguerite is the example of it. For many years in Cambridge, we had a stable town government of a longtime town clerk and a select board that did not have much turnover. And that was the main extent of town government, along with a, a couple of employees in the office and, and a small crew to manage the roads. In 2016, the town clerk retired after 41 years. A new town clerk was elected. And then in 2017, I was elected as a new select board member, so there began to be some changes in town government. But one of the things that we began lobbying for was a town administrator. The town had not previously had a paid position that was a town administrator. Some towns in Vermont do, some don't. The world is getting more complicated. There's a lot more bureaucracy, and it needs uh, more attention. Some of us felt that we needed a town administrator, so we went through a process of looking at other towns to see what they did, having them come in and talk to our townspeople at public meetings. We put it in an article for town meeting for the town to vote on, and it was overwhelmingly approved, I'm glad to say. We started on a hiring process and, and hired Marguerite. So. It's a significant different feel to how town government works in our town, but now it's more like the town's on either side of us. That was a process we went through with great success. You mentioned a day of town meetings. Has it ever gone beyond one day? Not to my knowledge. I should add that every town has an annual town meeting on that first Tuesday in March or one of the three days preceding it. Towns may also have special town meetings at any other time of the year, and that's occasionally happened, not in the last four or five years, but that occasionally happens in some towns. If something comes up that requires the town to get together to, to vote on something, the select board can call a special town meeting. I also noticed that citizens can petition to have articles in the uh, meeting, but that they need to get 5% of the registered voters to sign on to it. That's about the same size as you have turnout for the meeting itself. That is correct. Um, what are the advantages of a town system, town meeting system? With everything, there's advantages and disadvantages. But in this case, you get that direct democracy and you know that you'll get it at least once a year for where you live, which I think is hard in some places in the world and in the U.S., but is nice in Vermont for sure. You can count that on that at least one day a year you'll have that direct democracy as long as your town 
has that meeting and doesn't do every item on the warning as an Australian ballot, but does do some floor stuff and have discussion there. And that's just, I think, really valuable. The discussions that come out of there can sometimes really surprise people. You think one way, but then you hear from your neighbor next to you about the issue and why it's a big issue, and then you can feel completely differently as you leave, as you know, where you might not have ever had a chance to have that discussion, and then have some sort of say in how it plays out. I think it gives people an opportunity to feel engaged, to feel like they had a chance to be heard and uh, to have an influence on decisions. And even people that don't come, they, they know that they could come if there was anything on the warning, which is known ahead of time, that was of particular interest to them. I think it makes people respect their neighbors a little bit to have to be in the same room with them. And we have a meal at town meeting, a noon meal, so you, you share food as well. You know, I hope it promotes a little uh, congeniality, and, and I think it does. Are there any disadvantages? Well, it takes a lot of time. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think you pointed out the attendance. It's hard. It's hard to find a time when everyone might feel that they could attend. And yes, there's a, a certain patience, I think, that as we move along in this world is not the same. And people don't necessarily want to sit through that kind of meeting anymore or don't have time to George's point they're very busy so part of that is why we video why we have it available streaming as well and that sort of thing so I think that will be interesting but it is hard to get uh, as many voices there as you might want um, to hear from. You know in colonial days everybody lived and worked in the same town Uh, they didn't travel outside the town and nowadays many people travel outside of the town for work so it's it's uh, the sense of community is very different from those times. I like to think that town meeting is a way to stay in touch with the original sense of community that we've had for so many years. In our case, because of our size, we're going to have to stay within the regional board system, which means that at best, if we did adopt a town meeting system, uh, all we could do is advise the regional director Do you have any comments about how you think that would work, whether it's still feasible? So it sounds a little bit like our representative system to uh, our state government. The state capital in Vermont is Montpelier. That's where the state legislature meet. And our town and one neighboring town share a a representative. The neighboring town is smaller than, than Cambridge, but the two towns together elect one person to go to Montpelier and represent us in the state legislature. And we can tell them how we want them to vote, but they're just one voice out of 150 in the House of Representatives in Montpelier. It's a little bit like your representative is just one voice in your regional council. The issues that are decided at town meeting are more local. The state decides on a broad level what kinds of issues are the state responsibility and what kinds of issues are local responsibility. So, for example, even on the roads, the state has determined that approximately 30 miles of the 100 miles of roads in our town are our state responsibility and the other 70 are the town responsibility. So the town meeting is going to make decisions about the budget to manage those 70 miles of local roads and the other 30 miles is not our problem. I think a town meeting style of government would work for the kinds of issues that you have to solve and deal with locally on your island. 
it's of some benefit in advising your representative to a larger <laughs> district how you want them to represent you but no matter what you tell them there's still just one voice on a on a much larger board just like our one representative in the legislature in Montpelier D does that help at all yes it does our uh, regional director was saying that she believes that having more community input to her decisions would also validate them in the sense that the rest of the board would see, well, this is actually Cortez Island's opinion, as opposed to just our regional director. Yes, that's true. But also, if, if your regional director wasn't representing the island's interest, you'd, you'd vote that person out of office, right, at your next opportunity. Our elections are every four years. Okay, yeah. ours are every two years for our representative to Montpelier. But yes, uh, certainly any kind of uh, any any kind of evidence you had of a larger group supporting some particular position of your regional representative, I, I think that can only help. Do either of you have anything more that you would like to say? I want to mention a book and a painting, if I may. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. So uh, the book is a thin book of about 90 pages. It's about how to make Vermont town meetings more effective. And when we created our that community engagement team in 2017 that I mentioned, we bought a couple dozen copies of this book, and everybody in town government uh, had an opportunity to read that. The name of the book is All Those in Favor, Rediscovering the Secrets of Town Meeting and Community by Susan Clark and Frank Bryan. I can send you a link to that book, or you can purchase it if you like. Susan Clark is a town meeting moderator in another town in Vermont by the name of Middlesex. And she has been a student of democracy and came to one of our community engagement teams and spent an evening with us and was a very great help to us. Frank Bryan, the co-author, is a retired professor of political science at the University of Vermont who has studied town meetings in New England in general and Vermont in particular over some 30 years and has published uh, other more scholarly books. But this thin book of 90-odd pages is very readable, and it's full of excellent tips for how to make town meeting meaningful. And a couple of its major themes are, if you want people to come to town meeting and feel engaged, give them substantive decisions to make so that they feel like they have power. So, so don't make all the substantive decisions at the select board level, e even if you have the authority to do that. Let the people make some decisions. And uh, so we try to do that. And then the second message of the book is stay away from Australian balloting as much as you can. Keep everything to a floor discussion as much as possible. Yes, voter participation, if you're just counting number of votes, will go up with Australian balloting because more people will find it convenient. But people will not feel as engaged as they are if they come and participate in the floor discussion. So I'll send you a link to that book. We found it very helpful. The painting I want to mention is a famous Norman Rockwell painting. It's called Freedom of Speech. And it's a 1942 painting, so in the middle of World War II. We have that painting hanging on the wall in our town office. Marguerite and I are looking at it as we're speaking to you. It's a picture of a man standing up in a meeting to speak. And uh, he has a town report in his pocket. And other people in the audience have a town report in their hands. It's a Vermont town meeting. Is Norman Rockwell a painter you're familiar with? Oh, yes. Okay, so he did many covers for, uh, what was it, Saturday Evening Post? Is that the right magazine? Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. And he painted this famous painting, and it, it represents an actual incident 
that he witnessed at a Vermont town meeting in 1941. Uh, the man standing up to speak is speaking against an article that's being proposed on the floor at that town meeting, and everyone is listening respectfully to him. The actual incident that occurred, the farmer who stood up to speak was speaking against this motion, and when he sat down and they voted, he got outvoted by something like eight to one. So his position was not a popular position, <laughs> but we have freedom of speech in the United States and in Vermont, and he's allowed to say what's on his mind, whether it's popular or not, and people listened respectfully to him, and then they, they voted the way they wanted to vote. But he had an opportunity to try to persuade his, his neighbors to his point of view. That's the, the point of the painting. You've been listening to George Putnam, chair of the select board, and Margaret Ladd, the town administrator, explain how the town meeting system of government works in Cambridge, Vermont. We also talked a little bit about how this system could work on Cortez Island. This program was funded by a grant from the Community Radio Fund of Canada and the Government of Canada's Local Journalism Initiative. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. You gotta think for yourself.